Welcome to Netfront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon, the Post Dispatch, joined by Jim Thomas from Vail, Colorado, and Tom Timmerman right here in the STL. The NHL season is underway. And uh, before we talk about the Blues, a lot of topics to cover there. Guys, what'd you think? You know, the NHL started uh, full houses, uh, ESPN back doing the NHL after 17 years off. A uh, nice doubleheader of, uh, of good hockey. Uh, you know, JT, uh, was it uh, you energized now by seeing some pucks? Can we, can the Blues finally start the season? I mean, this has been like forever, a million preseason games. Then after a million preseason games, you have a whole week of practice. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm ready to go. It, it was fun uh, seeing the games. And I still, uh, that Vegas pregame, what a spectacle, huh? It's just, mm-hmm. uh, just amazing. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, Tom, we, uh, just, just before we started recording, JT mentioned the, uh, the, the crack, the Kraken, um, looking at the Kraken. I love the, I, I love the, uh, the logo. It's been fabulous. They've sold a ton of merch, but you know, the, as far as the road sweater, I mean, I'm old enough to remember what a bad color TV was like when your color TV was going bad and things got kind of murky with the colors. And, and that's what I, I kind of got looking at their, their road sweater on TV. It just, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Is that is that aqua? Is that teal? I mean, what is, what is that yeah. shade of blue? And and someone would know better. And and I'm a fan of blue. I like blue. Is you know, is my favorite color. But um, yeah, it 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 it's going to need some time to see if this is a combination that draws drives me nuts or that I'm pleased with. I also think just stylistically, the A's and the C's on the captains are too big. They need to be scaled down. Uh, by maybe an inch or so. They're just too large um, on those letters. They look out of proportion to the rest of the uniform. And well, let me say before we go, with ESPN back, and I talked about this on Twitter, they abbreviate Vegas as VGS, which apparently I can't think of any place else that does it. It's either going to be <laughs> VEG or VGK, but VGS for Vegas on the ESPN score bug drove me nuts throughout that game. <laughs> But uh, that does sound like something that would agitate Tom. Yeah, <laughs> I bet you're a little agitated at the uh, the two large uh, uh, letters too, right? Yeah, that agitated yeah. you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It uh, makes it sound like I'm we know little... we know Tom well. We know Tom yeah. well. Well, the uh, one thing we were reminded when we watched the uh, the, the first game is that uh, the, hockey's a different sport. You can be without your your best three forwards, uh, which uh, Pittsburgh was. No Sid Crosby, no um, Gino Malkin, no Jake Unsel. And uh, but you know what? If you if you play uh, your system and you're you, you're you're on top of people and you're forechecking and you're smothering and you're supporting and you're closing gaps and doing all that stuff, you know. I mean, you play that way for an entire game. You can win games. You can win games without your best players. It's pretty. You could not go into an, an NBA game with your three best guys out and have a, have a prayer of winning. You just you just don't. Uh, NHL uh, JT, we're reminded again. It's it's systems, it's efforts, commitment, it's all that stuff that really to bring it back to the Blues, the kind of stuff they're trying to build right now in Vail. Yeah, and uh, but so like in college football, you don't think there are there's no scenario where. Vanderbilt's going to go into Tuscaloosa and and beat the Crimson Tide. Kind of one, yeah. of, kind of one of those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. And to me, that's the beauty of hockey. The uh, the uh, I, I I I like the phrase uh, hockey gods. You know, uh, 
uh, you're Dakota Joshua, you come up, a, a puck bounces off your chest and goes in the net and you're, you're a hero, you know, in your, in your debut. And that, that kind of stuff happens all the time in, uh, in, in hockey. Now, you know, over the long haul, it tends to even up, but uh, on a one game basis or uh, in a short stretch, I mean, anything goes. And that, to me, that that's uh, part of the beauty of hockey, the, uh, the unpredictability. Yeah. And you just need a carom along the way. You need a puck to bounce off a guy's shin and uh, with, with a goalie who has no view of the play. And the next thing you know, you're ahead and, and the game goes from there. So uh, it's amazing the margins that hockey changes on that just one, one bounce and uh, things get set in motion and, and, and you had to love, well, you didn't have to love. I actually probably didn't love the empty net goals at the end. It just kept coming and coming and coming. <laughs> and the last three minutes of the last six minutes, I think it was just dragged on forever with, how many were there? Three empty net goals for uh, the Penguins in that? Uh... A Pittsburgh record. Three empty net yeah. goals, yeah. Well, and, and, and I'll say this, and, and, and this is, I'm going to make, make this point because, one, we never saw this before. You didn't, you know, John Cooper pulls his goalie with six minutes to go. I mean, you got nothing to lose. You're losing the game. You know, you're I not going to win the game. But, you know, here's the thing. I mean, and here's what you got to think about. And the NHL's all in on gambling now, right? And mm-hmm. so let, let's say, uh, you know, let's say Timmy out there to say, you know, for some reason I, I'm going on the over here in this case mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, I just, I think that Tampa Bay is going to light up the shorthanded penguin, uh, Penguins team. Well, that's not how the game is played. It's a low scoring defensive minded game, Pittsburgh taking the air out of the tires. However, because of the flurry of, of empty net goals, you end up blasting to a big score. And, you know, and, it, and this is meaningful. There's money on the line for these games. So I wonder you know, I wonder what happens with this whole pull the goalie midway through the third period thing that that never used to happen. That happens all the time now. Um, yeah, I mean, it's different now that the now that there's gaming right in, in some arenas as we're going forward. Yeah, and and even for the uh, for the fantasy players, their uh, their whole nights may have may have changed dramatically with uh, yeah. a couple of those. Uh, a couple of those empty netters. So, uh, yeah, who, of course, who in their right mind would bet on hockey just because of what we mentioned earlier, the unpredictability of the sport, but you know, people do. But just a few minutes ago, uh, literally before we began this broadcast, uh, I mean, the NHL announces its partnership with DraftKings. I mean, so they are, they are partners now. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, they are hand in glove uh, that these are going along. So it's uh yeah, it would have been a good night for the uh, for the overs. I applaud though the early. I think good teams should pull goalies more often. I'm surprised that Cooper kept taking the goalie out as that <laughs> went on. But as they kept scoring a goal, so I, why why not why not give it a yeah, try? Yeah, what does John Cooper care? He's got back to back cups. They're going to win a ton of games um, this year, so but, I won't yeah. pull the goalie. Yeah, but the other thing is, I mean, the league has got a partnership with DraftKings now for gaming. Injury reports? Are we going to see those anytime soon? Exactly. You know, exactly. You know, is yeah. that going to happen? I, they they have to, I would think, if the NHL is going to do this. But boy, do you try to convince Craig Berube to do that? You know, to uh, you know, walk into a room uh, and tell us that someone's hurt. Uh, upper body, Tommy. Upper body. <laughs> oh boy. So all right, on to the Blues. Now, um, it's funny, guys, because this is a team that's getting almost. No respect as uh, we get into the season. I was reading the 32 thoughts I love with uh, uh, Elliot Friedman, and he doesn't have a make in the playoffs. ESPN makes a point of putting Bruby on the 
in the in the hot seat. It, and and it's it's very sexy to put the Kraken in the playoffs. And uh, but I look at the Blues, and the Blues have three lines as good or better than the one good line that Seattle has, for instance. And then I look at the power play units, and they're well balanced, which I don't see on almost any other team in the league. I mean, there's just a handful of teams that can put out a decent second, second power play unit. So JT, when you, when you look at the front lines, which have balance across the, the really the groups and, and the depth beyond that, and then the, uh, the two power play units, you know, I have a hard time buying all this, um, all the people overlooking this team. This is on paper. This looks pretty good. Well, and, a couple things that James Neal looks like he, he has some tread left on the tire and that guy, you know, he's got almost 300 goals. He, he's a guy, he can wake up and, and uh, you know, uh, put the puck in the, uh, in the net. He's just got the knack. And uh, so far, and we know we've talked about this ad nauseum, uh, but so far it's all happy with uh, Vladdy and a Vladdy that scores even 20 goals. It doesn't even approach his 30 plus goal. I mean, all of a sudden, you look at the lineup, you know, those top three lines, and you're like, boy, if they stay healthy, man, look at this. Even the fourth line. Now, let's just, whenever Sunquist comes back, you're going to have a fourth line of Sunquist, Bozak, and Barbashev. That's that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good uh, uh, fourth line. So, uh, yeah, you, you look at it on paper, and you're like, whoa, uh, eight of their 12 guys on the forward lines now have had 20 goal seasons. Some have had many 20 goal seasons. Heck didn't Neil have a 40 goal season at one point. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of firepower there. Of course it gets back to the defense. Uh, One of their worst defenses uh, in terms of uh, average, uh, you know, goals allowed per game in what, like 15 years, can the defense hold up? And certainly it's a, it's a defense that can't afford uh, many injuries uh, at all. So maybe that's why, there's uh, there's some of the skepticism, but yeah, that 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 forward group is uh, is is pretty impressive. I think what people see uh, in these other places when they look at this team, I mean, they look at you look at Tarasenko and say, well, you know, what has he done the last two years? Um, what what can you expect from him? You look at James Neal and say, well, he's been on a downward trek over the last two seasons. He's going to turn it around at age 34. And so, you know, can you count on that? Braden Shen not coming off a great year. Um, you know, you got a 19-year-old Jake Neighbors. You got Tyler Bozak on the fourth line. There are cases where, you know, may, within here we say, okay, Tarasenko's got reason to turn it around. Neil looked good in camp. But I think when you look from the outside, you say some of these, there may not be that much offense from these guys. Or in there you look at the defense and say, it's the same guys. Other than, you know, Carl Gunnarsson, Vince Dunn, it's the same guys. The penalty kill was terrible last year. How is it going to be better? And so when you're looking at the same group being better, I think that's what a lot of people say, eh, you know, I'm not, I'm not so sold on these guys. Now, I want to touch a little bit more before we get to the to look at the uh, beleaguered defensive core, to look at some of the, the things that I, I do like. Again, going back to the, the power play where hopefully, you know, if you're a – if, if you're Tory Krug, you're hoping that, okay, uh, can I be the number one? Can I quarterback the top power play? These other guys all know each other. Can I fit in with these guys? Can we make this where he's an incredibly creative guy. He's a, he's a guy that can move, make people move around. He can, he's a guy that can create plays with uh, uh, just, uh, just freelancing and spur of the moment and impromptu to get him away from scripted uh, power play action. 
Um, just JT, talk about, you know, again, the, the, this first group, familiar guys plus a guy that can make things be the, be the catalyst with those familiar guys. And the familiar guys, again, they, they got at times stale uh, together. Yeah, yeah. And we'll see. Uh, now Tarasenko is back on the first unit, back in his familiar position on the flank. And can he be uh, his old dynamic self on the power play? And, and really, Krug, you know, he's a some level of familiarity with the other guys, with Shannon O'Reilly and Perron from last year, but really not so much with Tarasenko. One, because all the games that Tarasenko missed – and then uh, th- there was a time uh, late in the year where Tarasenko was on the uh, second power play, much to his chagrin. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll see if uh, if Vladdy can be dynamic. I mean, let's face it, Hoffman did a Mike Hoffman did a great job. He was a uh, you know pretty much a one trick pony, but it was a hell of a trick. You know the 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 way he could score, and that's the position where where Tarasenko uh, will play. Even the second unit which they trotted out uh, yesterday uh, here in Vail. Uh, looks like it's got some uh, potential. You've got Neil and Buchnevich. You've got uh, Thomas and uh, Cairo on the flanks and then Falk kind of running the show, which is interesting. It, at least at the start of the season, it's not going to be Pareko. You wonder about Thomas on the flank. I mean, that's a shooting position. Robert, you're going to have to shoot from over there. We have no issues with Cairo. Cairo will 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 will, will shoot at a, at a moment's notice, but uh, it, it's a pretty good ten. And then waiting in the on deck circle, you have Brandon Sod. You know, so uh, uh, it, it, it's a uh, and on paper, it's a pretty formidable uh, ten players. Yeah, now it just has to work, and so that's what we'll. Uh, <laughs> that, that would that's one of the reasons why. I, I wish the the wait until these games to begin is agonizing. I would love to see what this team actually looks like in a game, how this, how this team is going to look against Colorado. And it's uh, frustrating to have to wait until Saturday to uh, to see that. And interesting, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about Falk last year, how he stepped up and uh, assumed the uh, unlikely role of um, stabilizer on the defensive core after a rough first year here. It'll, you know, he's a, there's so many guys who can do more, but to Tom's point, will they do more? Um, he's still going to be extremely important to the defensive play, which we'll get to in a second. But the fact that maybe that with Vince Dunn gone, there's the window now, and Colton Preco focusing on on the very important job of of, of defending, which again <laughs> we'll get to. Uh, Falk has, it would seem, uh, an open path to just get some significant power play time, which uh, – has really been his career. I mean, this, this, JT, this is who he was till before he got here. This is how he got his points. This is how he made his mark. Uh, this year, it looks like at least as far as they, as much as they split the units in the time, he's going to have a chance to assert himself and and do more at that end of the ice. Yeah, I, I think something like when he came here, something like forty percent of his career goals were were on the power play, and and he just didn't get much time here. It's just like the same with Pareko. People are, boy, he needs to score more. Well. Mm-hmm. He, he hasn't really gotten any power play duty the last, uh, I don't know, two, two or three years. Not much. And come on, the power play, that's like you're giving the keys to the candy store. Go in, get some touches. They have one less player than you on the ice. Uh, rack up some points. So, uh, yeah, this could be a big opportunity uh, for Falk. And you, you just wonder, has he reached the point of, the, of his career where just his offensive skills, I mean, he's been around for a while now, 
have started to diminish just a little bit, uh, but maybe this will perk them up, uh, uh, getting some, uh, it looks like, at least at the start of the season, some regular time uh, on the second unit. It's just one of those things we have to remember when we look at numbers. You say, well, his goal totals are down. Well, he's not on the power. You know, Robbie Fabry's goal total went up when he went to Detroit because he was on the power play in Detroit. He was never going to play the power play with the Blues, but he goes there, he gets a chance to score goals. So, yeah, it's, you know, you, you got to look more than the numbers and think of what the situations are. Um, but if, you know, if the Blues don't need Falk on the power play, that's a good thing. If they've got two guys that they feel better on playing in that situation than him, uh, it may be rough on, you know, Justin Falk's bottom line, but he's got an eight-year contract or he's signed till the end of time. So what's the problem? Um, you know, he, he's not worried about negotiating the next contract. So, you know, if, if you got guys who do it better, thank you, Justin. Well, we, and then going to the defensive side, and, and and they thought, you know, back in the day they had guys who definitely do it better uh, in their own <laughs> zone than Justin. Uh, but, uh, of course, we saw what uh, the, the painful transition with the departure of Alex uh, Petrangelo, the Tory Falk having to try to settle into a, a new team and more responsibility in his end of the ice, which he's, I think he's handled better than Kevin Shattenkirk did when he made his move, but uh, nonetheless hasn't been, hasn't been exactly ideal. So you we're looking at this group and it's, it's gotta be a whole lot better. So, um, let's, so we'll go, we'll go ahead and start with Tory Krug. Realistically, we, we know he can do more offensively. We saw him come on last year. He looked more like the guy everybody saw in Boston, but he's still on this team. JT has to do more than he did in Boston. The question JT is he, can he do more than he did in Boston? Can he at least handle some, uh, of this responsibility, tougher matchups, defensive zone starts, that sort of thing. At least some of that can he do? Yeah, no, that, that's a great question. I, I don't have the answer for you. He, there were times when he got shoved around. It's not because of a lack of uh, grit or willingness, but, you know, he's, he's a small, uh, smaller person by, uh, by NHL standards. So uh, yeah, that, that pairing with, uh, with he and Falk is, is really uh kind of the one to watch because uh you know at worst they're they're the second pairing they're going to get tons of minutes and they're going to face some high skilled guys and this this is uh, uh again it goes back that the, the any questions on the team i think falls on on the defense and and can they can they get uh better now a big emphasis uh you know the tweaks in the system they're they're trying to to work on quicker breakouts uh uh defensively and and trying to work just on positioning you know if if you get to the net first before the opponent does, you know, you, you've got an advantage there. You, you, you've got the positioning and, you know, it, it looked, I guess, better in the preseason, but uh, it's not like there was some dynamic uh, uh, turnaround. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. And, uh, you know, they, they, they may uh, dodge a bullet in the opener and, 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 and not play McKinnon, but they're, they're jumping right into the cauldron, uh, you know, at the uh, ball arena as it's uh, Stan Kroenke's uh, place is, <laughs> is now known. And we all remember game two last year, don't we fellas? Uh, Avalanche eight, <laughs> lose nothing, five power play goals by, by the Avalanche. So uh, yeah, it, uh, uh, you, you know, the, uh, the blues uh, didn't luck out and get Detroit for, for an opener to, to build some uh, confidence. No, no offense, Jeff, but they're, as, as the Detroiter, you know. Yeah, it, Falk and Krug are going to have, or they're going to get other teams' good lines at some point. They're, they're they can't hide them. They're going to be out there. They're going to get the line that gets the second most time. 
Um, they've got to do it. And, um, yeah, I think Krug was a little better maybe last year defensively by some numbers than he had been in other years. But, um, yeah, that they've got to be better, but everybody's got to be better. So we'll see. And we'll move on to uh, Colton Preco, a uh, healthier uh, Colton Preco, but still a lot on him. You know, he, he makes his commitment to St. Louis. It's a, it's, I think it's a, it's a good deal for him. It could be an absolutely great deal for the Blues if, if he becomes the guy that he's supposed to. But uh, JT, he's at that age. If he is healthy, it's time. Defensemen take time, particularly if they come out of college, um, you know, and especially big guys, all that stuff. Um, it's time. And they absolutely positively need the whole uh, Colton Preco thing to, uh, <laughs> to finally realize its full potential or, or else the, all the experts might be right about this team. Yeah. And uh, you, you know, he may have a, a less sexier role uh, more of a, and, and it's kind of how it, it developed last year as he got healthier, just more of a, a defensive stopper role and don't worry about the, uh, about the offense and uh you know, it's something that I think uh, Pareko is capable of uh, of dealing with. He, he 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 looks great, I think, in the preseason in terms of physically how he's skating, uh, putting the full weight of that six foot six frame into his uh, into his shot, and uh, uh, you know, at least by Pareko's standards, uh, some aggressiveness uh, along the boards and, and, and in the corners, and you know, all, all eyes will be on that back. He says everything's fine. Uh, he's kind of learned how to, how to, how to deal with it and, and, and treat it and everything. But, uh, you know, we're, we're talking about an 82 game season now for the first time, uh, since the, the blue Stanley cup year. And will will Pareko be able to, uh, to hold up over that long stretch. You know, Colton Pareko is 28 years old and, and the blues need to see the old, the Colton Pareko of old, uh, how he was in his first few years in the league. Um, because the last two years in the league uh, have not been great. But, um, you know, he showed he can do it, and there's no reason to think. I mean, 28, this is an age where you're, you should be in your prime. So if he, if he did it at 24, uh, there's no reason he shouldn't be able to do it at 28, assuming his, his health. And there's reason to believe it. And the next thing he'll do to, be, to bring Marco Scandella along, because he's got to make a, make a sharp turn here. No, that's a great segue. I was going to obviously bring up Marco again because of the dominoes falling against the guys on on the defensive end. Everybody being put in a position to do things maybe more than they were capable. Um, you know, you noticed more so uh, last year that uh, Marco Scandella is not Jay Bomeister, JT. Just, <laughs> yeah, especially more, I would say, kind of as the season progressed, maybe the second half of the the season, he had some. Uh, rough moments, but at, at his best, he, he's a good compliment to uh, Colton Pareko, a solid guy, doesn't make a lot of mistakes. And th that's all he's got to do. He doesn't have to be flashy. Obviously he doesn't have to score, but just kind of compliment uh, Pareko. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll, that's one of those things we'll see, you know, if, if Scandella can't do it, does, you know, is, is Jake Wallman in a position to move up? Is Nico Mikula in a position to move up? You know, your options there are going to be young guys if Scandella uh, can't do it. And another segue, uh, JT, to uh, th those guys, because um, it seemed as if they, they, they took a step 
in the the preseason. The the Chiefs seemed uh, good about where where these guys are going. And, and let's start with Wallman because he's been a great story. You know, as we've talked about many times, coming coming out of the coming out of the grave, if you would, of being buried in the uh, A and uh, and then really emerging, uh, beating the odds to position himself to stay in the NHL mix. Uh, interesting mix of uh, of ability, uh, particularly with his ability to skate the puck. Um, not a big guy, but not a small guy either. Very athletic. Uh, you're looking for this group to improve. It looks like this is a guy that's got that um, that potential to be much more than than what we've seen so far. Yeah, he was, I think, right on that line where you go from. And once when he came in, it was before my time. He was pretty, you know, pretty highly regarded uh, prospect, wasn't he? When, he? when he first came out. And I, I think he was right on that line where you go from prospect to suspect. And all of a sudden, part of it was he just, no one was leaving the decor and he just had no chance to break into that lineup. And we're, we're talking about the Stanley Cup year and even uh, before that and, and, and immediately after that. Well, now a lot of players have left the decor for a variety of reasons. And uh, he stepped into the mix. He, he's never, never stopped working. I, I wrote a story kind of in the middle of preseason just about how, you know, with his shot and skating ability that, you know, it, it, he looks like a guy who ought to be able to score more. And he, although we're talking about the defensive aspects of this blue line, let's not forget they fell way off in goals by defensemen last year, which has always been a key part of their successful teams over the last decade. They're usually in the top five or even leading the league in goals by defensemen. Now Vince Dunn is gone. He's usually good for 10 a game. So I think Wallman can, can, can help out there. But a lot with him, I, with Wallman, I think is confidence. And I, I really think he's, he's playing very confidently. And he's another guy, kind of like Kyra, he's not afraid to shoot. He's, Jake Wallman is not going to defer too often. It was uh, in the nineteen twenty season, back when these things still happened, I was on the road with these guys. I think it was in Detroit. I was talking with uh, – uh, an executive there who said, you know, who's doing really well is, is Jake Wallman. He's doing really great down in down in the AHL right now. Um, and so the, the blues were impressed by how Wallman, you know, had turned himself around and turned his game around and gotten back in the picture, a picture that he was not in. Um, and he's, you know, he's going to be in the you know, opening day lineup. It appears instead of Nico Mikola. Uh, and we know Nico Mikola who looks like, you know, he should out of, you know, Blues defenseman out of central casting. So, uh, yeah, that's been a good job by Wallman there uh, to get into that. And he, where you talk to him, and boy, does he talk, certainly talks a determined game about how he's going to be out there to do everything he can uh, to uh, to keep that spot. And, JT, with, with uh, you know, we, we've tried to pump the Nico mania, but, again, we've talked about earlier on the net front uh, the issues there. you gotta you got to get out – the one of the things you might want to really focus on is getting the puck out of your end uh, safely, safely, not by shooting into the stands or getting it out after the team scores and then go to center ice for the faceoff. Um, getting the puck out safely. <laughs> Never and, a good you know, thing now, shooting the puck into the stands. Yeah. So he's, he's got some, uh, you know, he's got the tools, but boy, in this day and age with the high pressure forecheck check and the, the relentless nature of how teams play, if there's any hesitance, if, you, if you're any lack of confidence in your ability to make the first pass or just to make the safe play, uh, if there's any hesitance in your game, 
if you and, and and you're trying to retrieve the puck and you're trying to move the puck, um, it's a hard league to play in. And so I guess that's the last frontier for for Nico is just to be really good at the very simple task of uh, of getting the puck out of the blue zone. That's it. That that's the missing link uh, to the puzzle for Mikola. Craig Berube's mentioned it. He, he mentioned it last year. Uh, Mikola, when we talked to him uh, during the preseason, said that was one of his focuses during uh, the offseason training is, is puck management. And, uh, you know, there, there just seems to be times where maybe the game is moving a little too fast for him. So part of that is, uh, is uh, uh, confidence as well. But everything else he's got, you can tell Baruby loves. He loves his toughness. He loves his grittiness and uh, uh, willingness to uh, to do some of the dirty work that a defenseman needs to do. He's got an edge to his game, but uh, and and he's gotten stronger and a little bigger. But got to got to be a little better at uh, moving that biscuit out of the zone. You know, I saw an ex Blues defenseman in one of the games last night have trouble getting the puck out of his own end and uh, which uh, quickly led to a goal. So um, yeah, it, uh, it's, 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 are it's you, a, are you, are you uh, denigrating my, my, my guy uh, Vince Dunn there? Uh, he, he could have used some help on that play. I'll grant him maybe <laughs> had there been some uh, Seattle teammates uh, being in the vicinity, but uh, the puck did get turned over and it did, and it did lead to a very sweet, very sweet goal uh, there by March or so on that play. Well, and the last guy on the the blue line and, uh, and the social chairman and uh, all around good guy, Robert Bortuzzo, and uh, like everyone else, he's been asked to do more. You know, we've talked many, many times about uh, Robert. He is a terrific uh, six, seven man on your D who could go in and out of the lineup. He's, he plays with toughness. He blocks shots. Uh, you know, he'll, he'll answer the bell if there's a situation, all these things are great, but if you're asking him to be uh, to take those defensive zone starts and take some matchups against uh, good teams, top lines, and to kill a lot of penalties. Uh, you're continuing to ask him to do a lot, JT, and and he's he has been, you know, a pretty good player since coming here um, for the things he does. But boy, again, circumstances sort of dictate, especially with uh, Perunovic, uh, right side guy possibly, but needing time in the A, a different type of player. Um, they need still need more. You know, they need him to be really good at at uh, suppressing uh, goals. Yeah. And uh, uh, Bartuzzo, you, you know what he can do on the PK, you know, he's, he's willing to block shots. Uh, you know, usually he, he tries to get the puck out of his hands as quickly as possible. Not, not the best puck carrier around. We've kind of joked with him. It, it seems like he's, he's picked up some miles per hour on his shot. And, and like, where, where did that come from? You know, scoring two goals here in the preseason. And again, anything, that guys like Bartuzzo or Mikula can add to the, the decor in terms of offensive production is, is, uh, is necessary with, with Bartuzzo too. He, he plays, I, you know, such a, uh, uh, a hard, uh, rigorous, I guess I'll say a style of defense. He, he, he gets nicked up and he, and he's out of the, uh, uh, lineup, uh, a fair amount with with injury. I, you know, if he can stay in the lineup, uh, that would help or at least stay, stay healthy because again, once, uh, uh, or if injuries hit the, uh, the blue line, okay. You got, okay. We got Perunovic in Springfield and then we've got, uh, really a bunch of questions. Even Sansini, Tyler Tucker, Callie Rose. Yeah. I I remember when 
Bertuzzo came to the Blues when they got him from Pittsburgh. And uh, you, I would not have imagined at that point in time that he would be become one of the longest tenured Blues. Uh, you know, at this point in time, I, Tarasenko, you know, is in continuous service, maybe the only guy who's been here longer uh, than him. And it's, and it's, it's amazing how he's, survive. And it's a fascinating thing that in the NHL exists the job of seventh defenseman. There are guys who are and have a long and healthy career as a seventh defenseman, not a sixth defenseman, not an eighth defenseman. Steven Santini may be an eighth defenseman, but you know, Nate Prosser, Brad Hunt, Robert Bortuzzo, guys like that who teams love having around and they love scratching them if that's what it comes to. Um, but they have long, healthy NHL careers where they play in very few games. Bortuzzo, it's strange thing at this point in his life, is he making the jump to being a sixth defenseman? After all this time, he's getting that chance at the start of the season. I asked Berube, those last three guys, are you going to rotate him around? He said, you know, I don't want to go there. I don't want to say how we're going to handle this. We're going to see what the situation presents itself. But Bortuzzo's got a chance to, to be the regular on that spot. Can I, can I add one more thing here, Jeff? We, uh, from a sport writer standpoint, we've lost a lot of good quotes in these last couple of seasons, guys like Pat Maroon and Bartuzzo. If we could bring Bartuzzo out after every game, he's great at breaking it down. He's got a great sense of humor. He chided our good friend, Lou Korak, the uh, Saturday's preseason finale was the first time we had face-to-face -face interviews with the uh, players in the media room, but he chided Lou as soon as he walked in the room for not having his mask uh, totally over his nose. He joked about not knowing about how alcohol and, and altitude can be a, be a bad mix. So we, we need Bortuzzo around and we need him in the, in the, in the post game. Okay. Last thing on the net front, we'll go to, uh, to JT on this. It's uh, been a while since I've been to Vail, but uh, really enjoyed it. It was a summertime trip and we were over on the poor side of Vail, which is on the West side. Still fun. We weren't over on the the rich side, I suppose, where the, the blues are on the east side. But uh, but JT, I mean, a little with snow and all that. I mean, uh, again, you say no skiing. Um, what, what are the boys up to? Snowball fights? What do we What do we have? This is their their time to. Well, let me, uh, if I could set the scene here just a little bit. Uh, you know, I looked at the annual like forecast for for Vail in in uh, in October and said okay. Highs in the 50s. I said, I can deal with that, especially early in October. You know, maybe we'll hit some 60s. I packed a hoodie. I didn't pack a winter coat. I show up here. The low on Friday is going to be 13 degrees here. So oh, God. I think I need to go. Today might be the day because they're not practicing. I need to go out and buy a winter coat. I have the rink is 120 steps. I count them from my hotel to the rink. It's 120 steps. So I've barely been out of the room. I'm afraid to go out because it's, it's so cold, but uh, I think the golf trips and I, I don't know who went fly fishing with Justin Falk today. Uh, Braden Shen said, I'm not yet. Yeah, no, it, it's a little too cold for that. I can tell you though, uh, the field trip last night, there's a sports bar in my hotel quote unquote lodge. It's I'm, I'm not really staying at the high end of Vail. The team field trip was to the sports bar in my uh, in my hotel, I could see them out the window, maybe about 430. First, all the coaches, trainers, equipment guys came in, then about half the team. Then about 10 minutes later, another half of the team led by a smiling Jordan Bennington. I could see from my fourth floor and then Colton Pareko and I think it was Ville Husso brought up the, the rear. So 
I didn't want to go down there. I think the last thing hockey players want to see when they're drinking and <laughs> watching hockey as a sports writer. So I just stayed up in my room. Oh. Your bonding trip. Yeah. No, that's now if Vince Dunn had been there, I probably would have went down and bought him. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, well, that's, that's uh well, you're saving the post some money anyways, because you don't have to conjure up some breakfast to cover the, the beer tab. So uh, I'm sure uh, Lee Enterprises appreciates that. Uh, uh, for Jim Thomas, for Tom Timmerman, I'm Jeff Gordon. This has been Netfront Presence. A reminder, you can find all of our podcasts on STL Today uh, slash podcast. You can find this podcast, tell your friends about us with your podcast app. It's also going to, we're also embedded. You're going to see our happy faces, not our faces, but hear our voices in the, um, in the various uh, hockey stories in the coming week because we're going to be embedded. So you can enjoy <laughs> Netfront that place. Uh, until next time, for the guys, see ya. <laughs>